2: notes and nuggets it's time for the rutherford report with our blues insider jeremy rutherford brought to you by scott lee heating company a proud mitsubishi electric elite contractor
0: It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN 304. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brad Thompson is with me for the 3 o'clock hour, filling in for Jamie Rivers today. And uh, Dan McLaughlin is in the bullpen, ready to go. He's he's going to be here at uh, 4 o'clock, and he's got the, the final two hours. But let's head to our 101 ESPN celebrity line. We're joined by our guy, Jeremy Rutherford. Talk about the blues at J.P. Rutherford, of course, where you can follow him on Twitter and jr covers the blues for the athletic what's up jr
1: oh not too much
0: just first flight
1: of the year to dallas out here at lambert now you know i had to uh take the shuttle over here broke down a couple times i think i'm on the same flight as jk and riv and i'm just waiting for their escalade to pull up and drop them off here at at lambert
0: that that makes sense jr yeah just make sure you get next to them because they're gonna they're gonna get some sort of benefits you know that uh Jar, J- what is what is the thing, and, and let's just focus on the Stars matchup specifically, what's the thing that we should be kind of looking out for storyline-wise as the Blues get ready to take on the Stars in, you know, 27 hours or so?
1: Yeah, I think it's something that Doug Armstrong touched on today. He had a little uh, media scrum 10 o'clock this morning and, and said what he's going to be looking for, Anthony and BT, is uh, the team playing together. For each other 30,000 feet up in the air he's going to be watching to see if there's that team attitude and I really do think that's the biggest thing I mean we can break down all the positions we want we've done that for a few months now all the uh, competition who needs to play well things like that Uh, but this team needs to put forth an effort and I thought Doug was pretty upfront and honest when I asked him is this a playoff team and he said he's eyeing that third place in the central division he thinks that they can be in the middle third of the league and uh, hopefully the upper side of that middle third. So to me, if the Blues are going to be that team, we've got to see that team mentality right out of the gate against this Dallas team.
2: Yeah, that toughness is definitely going to have to show up. And one thing, Jr., that I think is going to be, be tough maybe for a couple of guys, look, you've got Kyru and Thomas both starting their big eight-year deals. What do you think it's going to be like for these guys now being the hunted? When somebody's game planning for the offense for the Blues, it's Kyru, it's Thomas, and it, look, it, it, they don't have the veteran guys to lean on when it comes to that. How big of an adjustment do you think it is for those two? I think it's a big
1: thing, especially it's going to be a big thing for Cairo. I think Thomas, he's been stepping into O'Reilly's shoes the past couple of years, and he's kind of felt that. Uh, with Cairo, he's kind of had Tarasenko up there, and maybe he's playing second-line minutes, third-line minutes, getting 16, 17 minutes a game. But you know, now he's probably going to get a little more ice time, and the focus is going to be on him. And so as you look at Jordan Cairo moving forward, what did he take into the summer, B.T.? What did, what did he, how did he understand it when Craig Ruby said, hey, this isn't junior hockey? By all accounts, he's looked pretty good in camp. He's also uh, you know, tried to improve the maturity, the, the professionalism. You know, there was a lot of talk at the end of the year, Justin Falk being one of those veterans who said that we let that slide, and I think Kairu was one of those guys. So if he's going to be the type of guy who can deal with that pressure and that spotlight and still try to perform, he's got to improve in all those areas that I just mentioned. And I think, you know, so far it's early, but uh, he's off to a good start.
0: Jr. I was looking at your site, The Athletic, today, and I saw that uh, there was an article about NHL coaching hot seat. Why should or shouldn't these nine coaches be worried? And they listed the odds. They say Vegas odds. I imagine they're, they're talking about off, offshore odds because I can't imagine that Vegas Sportsbook has these. But, um, the first name on top of the list in terms of you know like best odds to get fired is Craig Berube. I know that this has been a little bit of a, a national topic of conversation. And am I, am I being naive to believe that Craig Berube is just going to be is going to be just fine?
1: Well, if you're being naive, then I'm being naive because that's the way I see it as well. I agree with you. And and you know DJ Smith is a guy who's uh, at the top of that list. The Ottawa coach Craig Berube has run second place in a lot of the polls. You know that do that uh, first coach fired thing and. You know, I, look, I see the past couple of years, it hasn't been, uh, especially last year, what Blues fans wanted, but Craig Bruby's got two years left on the deal. They allowed him a little uh, leeway with who he hired as the assistant coaches. He brings in Mike Weber, who's really close with uh, with Steve Ott, and I think they got Craig Bruby's input on some of this. And, you know, you look at the, the roster, uh, some of these guys that they brought in are, are Craig Bruby-style guys, especially the big guys on those third and fourth lines, so I think they want to get back to that kind of style. So, to me, Anthony, it doesn't speak to anything where they look like they're going in a different direction. And I realize that wouldn't be the case at the start of the season if things go south with the roster they put together. Could certainly be the case. I don't see any outlook where the Blues are going into this season looking for the first sign of, of uh, failure for, to fire Craig Berube.
2: So, JR, how do you evaluate Craig Berube this year? I mean, is it simply wins and losses? Is it the identity if the team plays like you want them to? Is it defensively if they are sound like they should be and doesn't look anything like last year? Like, like how does that look? Where is that grading scale for him?
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think it's looking for that identity, uh, and, and it's cliche, but just that you're moving in the right direction. They've got a lot of good prospects coming in the next couple of years. Is Craig Berube going to be around? to coach these guys, I think it is going to come down to, even though I, I don't think he's uh, necessarily uh, viewed as, as a guy that they want to move on from at the first uh, sign of failure, I do think that they say to Craig, listen, we're putting the type of guys that you want out on the ice. We're playing the style that you want to play. you got your assistant coaches. we got everything the way you like it. Now, if we see a team that's not competing and not doing the things that we want to see, then, then certainly they could go in a different direction. So I think that uh, if, you, if you look at the big picture, That's what Craig Ruby's team this year has to show them. And I think that's why the emphasis from Craig Ruby and also some of these leaders like a Braden Shen, you know, it's nothing but pride, work ethic. Those are the types of words they're using. I think that's the type of team they want to be. And if they don't show that, then that's where I think you could start to see reasons why there could be a change
0: with uh jeremy rutherford it's the fast lane on One espn Jerry when it when you look at this current roster and you look at it compared to last year one of the points that i have made is that yeah there's there's some changes but there's there's also guys that are not on one-year contracts anymore i, I think that 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 factors in how much can be said for these guys know that you've got a but a slew of guys that have their money that are have no trade clauses. So this, they know this is going to be the group for better or worse moving forward here for at least the next couple of years. How much do you think that impacts the the players on the ice?
1: Yeah, that's a definitely a fair point. I mean, when you look at some of these guys, you know, four years for Krug and Falk and Letty's got three years left, you know, some of these guys, uh, Kyra Thomas, younger guys, they've got the long-term deals. Parako still got a lot of years. There's a lot of term and, you know, there's something to be said for that. I, I really do agree with that, Anthony, that, uh, you know, how much can things change in the next couple of years if these guys don't perform well but yet still have that term? Here's what I fall back on. Doug Armstrong has said it a million times, that if he wants to make changes, he'll make changes. And I realize he didn't make that happen with Tory Krug this year, and he wanted to. Tory Krug invoked that no-trade protection. But I think if we get into another offseason next year where the Blues miss the playoffs this year and they don't show these things that we just talked about with a Craig Bruby-style team, I think Doug Armstrong is going to find a way to move a couple of these guys out. They might not get what they should for some of these guys, but I think that Doug Armstrong is going to explore those options and try to move some guys.
2: JR, I know that we probably talked about this all offseason long, but uh, act like I wasn't paying attention. I was, but just act (laughs) like I wasn't. Um, Why is this, just explain to me, or Blues fans as they're eagerly watching this game tomorrow against Dallas, explain to me why and how this defensive core is going to be better than they were a year ago with essentially the same pieces.
1: Well, I can't tell you that it will be because in two or three weeks, we could be doing this show and talking about how the defense looks the same as it did last year. So I want to stress that first and foremost. I don't want people coming back to me saying that, uh, hey, I told you it wasn't going to be any good. You said it would. But I do think two reasons. If you're being an optimist, if you're being a guy who says, okay, I get it. The contract situation, they had to bring these guys back, but here's why they're going to be better. First of all, I think it is a little bit of pride. You have players and, and Jamie will tell you. you know, these guys have been in the league and been good players when you talk about Pareko and Krug and, and Letty and Falk and these guys and they know how bad it was last year. You know, I think you're gonna have the forwards playing for them more this year because hey look the D took a lot of a lot of the onus for the, the way that last year went. And then second of all, I think the system changed. I think the way that they're packing in it in a little bit you know, they're going to protect the slot better. At least that's the way they're drawing it up on paper. They're going to try to push stuff to the outside. I think we're going to see a different style, but you can change the system. You still need guys to make the plays, to block the shots, to get in the corners, to do these things. That's why, you know, you talk to Mike Weber, uh, and, and people will tell you that Mike Weber is a guy who, who gets his guys to play for each other, and so that's what we're going to need to see. So to me, it's the pride factor. And it's the, the the change in scheme that I think could make this defense better, even though there weren't any changes in terms of personnel.
0: Jr., we know you got a flight to catch, so good luck covering uh, the Blues tomorrow night, or have fun, and you know we're going to be looking forward to your your first recap of the new NHL season, and we'll talk to you again next week.
1: Yeah, for sure, we'll talk to you guys later.